Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings with Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Yay! Yeah! Hi! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Have a cat in my lap again, so... (laughs) I have a cat yelling at me through the door because I shut it all the way. Because last time (laughs) she wanted to crawl onto my computer, so... Yeah. We're trying to avoid that this time. <laughs> that was happy late birthday. Thank you. A whole quarter century old. I know. I'm going to have a quarter life crisis and I haven't decided what it's going to be yet, but it'll be fun. Maybe it can be podcast related. Ooh. <laughs> Do something fun. <laughs> a road trip. Good. Yes. <laughs> Spooky road trip. Yes. That'll come someday <laughs> when we can travel again. Yes. So, Maddie, what are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about cults. Yay! This is kind of a, a, seems to be a popular topic based on the polls that we did this week. Yes. I guess last week when this comes out, but. Yeah. So, yeah, we're kind of, we're going to go through the overview of what cults are. And some of the basics, and then I'm going to talk about one that's wild. (laughs) Yeah. Morgan's going to cover a wild cult. We wanted to keep it a little bit more fun, less um, terrible with other cults. (laughs) Right. A lot of them are so dark, and we do this. We know this is a morning podcast, technically, so (laughs) try to keep it on the relatively lighthearted side. And sometime maybe we'll... cover like Jonestown or um what the heck's his name Heaven's Kate but yeah. Manson Charlie Manson uh, there we go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most <All> right. <laughs> so like with any amazing middle school or high school essay I'm gonna start you off with a quote oh yes <laughs> I've been involved in a number of cults, both as a leader and a follower. You have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader. Creed Bratton, The Office. (laughs) Excellent choice. I approve. Welcome. (laughs) Good work. So, yeah, obviously, when when we decided to cover cults, I was like, that has to be the first thing that's said about cults. Yeah. So, what is a cult? Merriam-Webster defines a cult as a religion regarded as unorthodox or spurious, which just means illegitimate. Um, An older use of the word references to the excessive devotion to a figure or place. A cult is essentially a group of people that is defined by their unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or is defined by a common interest in a particular person, object, or goal. So there's so many different definitions, interpretations of the word cult and what actually qualifies a cult. And let me tell you, there's for sure a ton of groups or religions out there that could probably be considered cults, and they're not. Like all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's just my opinion, but based on the definition, it checks out. (laughs) Yeah, and so I think the main thing is like, cults are just excessive so like it's totally chill if you're like going to church or temple or anything or like you're practicing like at like 
basic religions, you know, and not, I mean, not, like, you can be a priest and devote your whole life to the church, but you don't have to be, like, wild and crazy, like, obsessed about it, and that's basically what differentiates a cult, but it's still a very short line, and I'll get more into that a little bit later, but basically the difference between religion and a cult is cults are usually excommunicated from the original religion they stem from. Gotcha. Like an evil step cousin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, to have a great cult, you have to have a great leader, right? In theory. (laughs) Well, (laughs) not really, I guess. So, all cults need somebody. And according to Rachel Bernstein, who's a therapist out of California... She also works with a whole bunch of former cult members. She says that there are three different types of cults. So the first type of cult is the cult leader is the delusional martyr. So Bernstein considers this type to be the most dangerous. These leaders will get cult members to buy into their own delusions. So an example is the Heaven's Gate cult. Um, in 1997, 39 members died in a mass suicide that was instructed by their leader, Marshall Applewhite. He would claimed that a UFO would soon come to Earth and help humans, as- humans ascend to their higher existence. Bernstein said, quote, he really believed that this mothership was coming and that they all needed to leave their corporal existence and go to this mothership. And they all joined in the psychosis. So, Basically, it's just, like, she truly believed that Applewhite did really believe that there was a UFO coming that was going to take their spirits to a higher existence, and that's why they had to die at that time. But, obviously, that was a degree of his own, like, delusion. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, so there's a few that are like that, where the person is extremely living in a delusion and the cult members have come to believe this delusion as true. The second type of cult leader that she describes is the preacher turned egomaniac. So this leader will start out as a teacher, preacher, or other public speaker that eventually realizes that people are listening to them. Mm, Power trip. Yeah, and believing them. And so she said, quote, they suddenly realize that everyone listens to everything they say and they are Pied Pipers and people will do things just because they told them to do it and they morph into this kind of egomaniacal monster. So Jim Jones of the People's Temple and obviously of Jonestown he was this type of cult leader. He started out as a preacher and eventually ended up having thousands of followers who he was able to convince to move down to Guyana, where the infamous Jonestown was. He was able to convince them to leave all of their things and their homes and their families, move down to this country that they had never been to, surrender their passports to him when they got there. Mm, Red flag. Yeah, and essentially... I'm sure sure there was lots of red flags before that, but eh, I don't know about that. That's that's a big one. Um, But 
Yeah, that eventually led to the Jonestown massacre of 900 people. Yay. Bad. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. And that one's like really hard since there's actual tape recordings of that night. Yeah, there's like actual TV footage. Yeah, it's... I really suggest there's a lot of podcasts on it and there's a lot of different shows about it and I do want to cover it at some point. I will never add that audio, but if you do hear it, it is extremely disturbing. Oh my gosh, I heard it on a different podcast sometime this week and I literally got chills. I was like, oh my god, I can't handle this. It's bad. And it's all, like, you know it's all an act because they had a congressman down there visiting to see if everything was okay. And so it's just really scary. But, ugh. So the final type of cult leader is the hard and fast narcissist. This person has been a narcissist for most of their life. And they feel entitled to lie to you. Which isn't nice. Don't lie. Uh, Bernstein says that most cult leaders are narcissists with a, quote, bottomless pit of ego need. Oh, I like that. Yeah. (laughs) "Hmm." That's a good quote. (laughs) And I have one final quote about her from this type of cult, about this type of cult leader. It's, quote, I would say most cult leaders are malignant narcissists. They don't care about the damage they're causing. They don't care about the lies they're telling. And they don't care about the families they're destroying. They just need it, and they need to be loved. They need to be adored. They need to be feared. Icky. Gross. Reminds me of another office quote. (laughs) Would I rather be loved and feared? Both. I want them to be afraid of how much they love me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sad that The Office isn't on Netflix anymore. (laughs) I know. It was good to watch just when you... Yeah, it was like my comfort show. Yeah, that 70s show was also one of them for me, and they took that off, too. And I've been watching New Girl again as my, like, every time I watch something creepy, I just put on New Girl afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I just refinished watching New Girl with Jacob, and now yeah, I'm watching it. I think this is, like, my third time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you watching now? Grace and Frankie. Oh, I do love that show. I haven't, I've started it twice, and I haven't finished it yet, but... I'm on the last season, and I already know I'm going to rewatch it just because it's very wholesome. And It is. Yeah. All right. So how do you know that you're in a cult and that you should call your dad, as they say in my favorite murder? <laughs> <laughs> well, a man named Mike Bickle. Wow. Made a list of seven different ways to differentiate religion from cult. I so wish his name was Mike Pickle. Yeah, it's me so too. Close. A little sad. So Mike close. Pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pickle. <laughs> so here are seven signs that you're in a cult, and you should probably call your dad. One, opposing critical thinking. So if they don't let you think or criticize them at all, then you should probably get out. Yep. Two. Isolating members and penalizing them for leaving. This gives me major Scientology vibes. Yes. And Nexium and a whole of basically every other cult has massive issues if you leave and then also isolates you from your family. 
So number three is emphasizing special doctrines outside of scripture. So this is very specific to religious cults. And if you know anything about like the Branch Davidians or um, what happened in Waco, then you know that a lot of these cult leaders made up their own scripture or like doctrines that like slightly relate to actual religious texts, but not they're like made up by themselves so it's kind of just like they usually claim that they received a message from somebody (laughs) yeah they usually say that they're the pro they're a prophet or they're the messiah but right (laughs) i feel like that brings us back to that malignant narcissist thing (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) making connections (laughs) Mm -hmm. so four is seeking inappropriate loyalty to their leaders I feel like that just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Five, dishonoring the family unit. So again, separating people from their families. And I know there's a lot of cases with that in Scientology and other cults where people have to essentially just abandon their family and never speak to them again. Yeah, I've heard of that. I don't remember the name of the cult, but there's one where they separate all the children and they don't see their families for, like, 15 years or something. Yeah, and that's just not okay. No, there's so many cults. Yeah. (laughs) I think we forgot to mention that, but obviously... There's a lot of cults, and there's a lot of groups that might be cults, and religions that might be cults, but aren't. line between cult and religion is a little blurry. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell you they're in a cult. (laughs) No. So, number six is crossing biblical boundaries of behavior, which that's mostly related to religious cults. And then seven is also more related to religious cults and its separation from the church, which is seen in a lot of, like, polygamous cults. I'm going to talk about those later. But a lot of times when cults are excommunicated from their like actual branch of real religion it's because of like the crazy narcissism or they're bringing in these weird doctrines of scripture that don't actually exist and the church or um religion is just like please get out um every time i think of cults i think of those guys that used to hand out little like scripture at unh yeah they'd be like where will you end up I was Heaven like, or okay, hell? Go to the like, library. I don't know. <laughs> illustration. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just trying to study for my exam. Put your head down and walk faster. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of those seven signs are related to religious cults, but I think that a lot of them also hit the main points and signs that you are in a cult. But also, definitely be if you think that you might be in a cult and you're somehow listening to this. Um, <laughs> Be wary of any extremely expensive courses or giving a leader or group financial control over your life. Don't give away all your monies. Or your personal information. Yeah. So there's a few different types of cults. Um, There are a few different subcategories that we need to discuss before Morgan can give you some more information on the specific cult that she's covering this week. Yeah. So here we go. 
I got most of this information from Wikipedia because obviously that's where all of the information on the internet is. Um, <laughs> we do love Wikipedia. Don't come yeah. at us. <laughs> yeah, don't come at me. <laughs> so the first subcategory that we're going to discuss is destructive cults. A destructive cult will deliberately physically injure or kill other members of their own group or even others outside the group. The Ontario Consultants on Religious Tolerance limit this to groups that, quote, have caused or are liable to cause loss of life among their membership of or to the general public. So just a little bit dangerous. Just a little. Just a little. Um, Michael Langone, a psychologist and executive director at International Cultic Studies Association, defined destructive cults as, quote, a highly manipulative group which exploits and sometimes physically and or psychologically damages members and recruits. There are really just endless amounts of quotes and opinions out there about destructive cults. But a common theme is the abuse and endangerment of members and occasionally those outside of the group. An example of a destructive cult would be People's Temple, a.k.a. Jonestown. And obviously that was extremely destructive because a whole community of 900 people passed away. I'm assuming um, the Branch Davidians would probably fall under that category too. Yeah, so I'm not sure if they fall under that or doomsday cults. Oh, right, right, right. Because Branch Davidians didn't really feel the need to harm each other or other people. But they did have a lot of guns. Yeah, they had like a massive arsenal. <laughs> yeah, but they also were predicting like a doomsday or like a right. future event. It's very like a lot of the different cults can overlap. Some of them are strictly like, oh, that's 100% a doomsday cult. And some of them are like a little bit this, a little bit that, you know. Mm-hmm. A melting pot, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, America. <laughs> <laughs> so doomsday cults are the next category. And they describe a group that believes in an upcoming apocalypse or disaster that is either predicted by the group or leader or will be caused by them. Oh. So, yeah. The term doomsday cult is used a lot by the media to describe various apocalyptic religious groups. It was also first used in published writings by John Laughlin to describe the Unification Church which, if you know a lot of different cults, you might know them as the Moonies, is what they would call the followers of that, because the founder was, his last name was Moon. Mm-hmm. That one was like a marriage cult, right? Yeah. They all it got married to each other. Very strange, but I guess they also had, like, apocalyptic disaster things. I didn't read too much into that one, but I do want to know more about it, because I recently heard of it. Interesting. Yeah. Political cults is the next category. Um, political, political cults have interest in political action and ideology and are usually advocates for far left or far right agendas. In the 2000 book On the Edge, Political Cults Right and Left, Dennis Torish and Tim Wolf 
fourth talk about a bunch of groups in both the U.S. and Great Britain that they would characterize as being political cults. Also, a fun fact, when I googled cult, political cults today on February the 11th of 2021, the first thing that popped up is an article titled, Congresswoman and Jonestown survivor Jackie Spire, quote, Trump is a political cult leader. So, that <laughs> she article, said it, but I was thinking it. <laughs> yeah, so that article was from literally today. Um, I also did not know that we have a congresswoman that's, that was a Jonestown survivor. Yeah, so that's... That's um, so cool. I learned a lot of this when I listened to the And That's Why We Drink 200th episode, which it's also the same stuff as the first episode, but um, <laughs> a lot they did a lot better on this one, and it's... <laughs> 200 episodes later. <laughs> yeah, she um, Christine covers Jonestown, and they talk about... Um, Jackie Spire, she was an aide to Congressman Leo Ryan, who oh, was the congressman yeah. who went down and passed away. I forgot about that. I did know that. Yeah, and she was actually shot five times. Oh, my God. Survived. You go, Jackie. Yeah, so she's crazy, and she experienced a cult firsthand, so I believe her. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, the signs are all there, but... Yeah, we all knew it already. That's another podcast. <laughs> the next grouping is polygamous cults. They practice marriage between more than two people, most commonly with one man having multiple wives. It is estimated that there are approximately 50,000 members of polygamous cults throughout North America, which is a lot more than I thought. Yeah. I thought there was maybe 12. <laughs> Sister wives shit. True. <laughs> I used to watch that show sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So polygamy is usually viewed as neg negative for both legal and societal reasons, but mostly because it is assumed there's a possible link with domestic violence and child abuse, which in religions that practice polygamy... It's a little bit less so other than when it comes to, like, child brides, which is not okay. But when it's polygamous cults, it's very frequently common that there is an older man marrying young children, which is not chill. Ew. Yeah. So polygamous cults tend to be excommunicated members of other legitimate religions. So you can most commonly see this in connection with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or LDS Church, which, if you don't know what that is, it's the Mormon Church, but I think they just go by LDS now. Hmm. I don't know a ton about that other than it's not supposed to be Mormon anymore. Um, <laughs> I didn't know. In 1890, the president of LDS issued a public manifesto putting an end to any new plural marriages and, because... Um, LDS was getting a bad rap, and it was also making it really hard for Utah to get stateship, statehood, whatever the word is. Um, <laughs> so then when this wasn't really working and people were still practicing these plural manage marriages, in 1910, they started to excommunicate those who entered into or performed any new plural manage marriages. I keep saying manages. It's marriages. Um <laughs> 
And these groups are known as Mormon fundamentalists, and their most commonly known polygamous cult is the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it sounds very similar to the actual religion, but it's not. Yeah. I see how and, that could be confusing. <laughs> yeah, and so the head of that um, fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was, I think in like the last decade, he was arrested for having like a whole bunch of child brides. And Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So the last two cults, I feel like they're very self-explanatory, so I didn't put too much on them. So next one is racist cults. And... I, as you know, racist cults, you've probably heard of them, the Ku Klux Klan and Nazis. They're very racist and they're destructive cults as well. Very much not chill. No. That's what I said about the next group. Terrorist cults are also very self explanatory. Also not chill. (laughs) Yeah. And you've definitely heard of a few of these, like Al Qaeda and ISIS. They are bad and not chill. (laughs) (laughs) Would not recommend. Yeah, so there's a few um, anti-cult movements. There's the Christian counter-cult movement, which is mostly kind of, I think there's a whole bunch of different sects of Christianity and the Catholic religions that kind of just spurred off and made these really not great cults like Branch Davidians and a whole bunch of the other ones that I don't know the names of. So that was basically just the Christian church defining those as cults, but also going through and making any type form of the Christian religion that they didn't believe was correct. They would label them as a cult. And then there's also the secular anti-cult movement, which was less religion-based and more about identifying cults where people, and it was mostly relatives of members of cults so it was basically just people trying to help people to get out of cults and then they had a lot to do with the deprogramming and research on brainwashing that had to do with cults and all that fun stuff i bet there was a lot of pamphlets involved yes 100 percent lots of pamphlets especially because this was like back in like the 70s or something so oh they loved pamphlets back then (laughs) oh yeah all right, so to wrap up my section, I'm just going to list a few famous cults. So there's the Manson family, the People's Temple, which is Jonestown, Branch Davidians, which is Waco, Heaven's Gate, which I talked about, and then Order of the Solar Temple, which is also really interesting. So yeah, That one goes deep. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of very strange ones, and... Hopefully we'll be able to cover some of them more eventually at some point. But a lot of them, like we said, are really dark. So they'll be very spread out for sure. (laughs) Definitely. The one I'm about to tell you about, on the other hand, is relatively lighthearted. And I think you guys will get a kick out of it. (laughs) Yay! I'm so excited. Now I'm going to tell you guys about this. I don't know if it's well known. I didn't know about it. I didn't know about about it. it. Well, I did, but I only knew about it because I listened to an episode of Stuff You Should Know. And then I was like, you have to do this one. (laughs) Oh, man. I can't wait to tell you guys about this cult. I I think it's little known. 
but maybe people know about it. So I'm going to tell you about the Raelians slash the Raelian movement slash Raelianism. <laughs> like pretty much everything Maddie covered, they say they're a religion. They don't claim to be a cult, but the generalization is that they're a science-loving UFO cult of atheists. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're, that's where we'll start. <laughs> So I think the best way to do this is to probably give you a little bit of an outline of the basics of the Raelism movement. And a lot of this information is coming directly from the Rail website and then Wikipedia and from a website called Religion Unplugged as well. Ooh. Yeah. So first we'll go way back to uh, 1973. <laughs> The Raelian movement began in 1973 by a, fr- a French race car driver slash magazine editor, Claude Vorholion, Vor- <laughs> who is now known as Rael to his followers. I apologize for my pronunciation. I've heard it said Rael, Rael, Rael. So I'll probably <laughs> just use them interchangeably because who cares? I think we need a moment to process the fact that there was a UFO cult started by a French race car driver slash magazine editor. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Oh, and he did a bunch of stuff before that, too. He was, like, a model. (laughs) He, like, did a bunch of other stuff, but... I aspire to be just, like... (laughs) Pre-cult leader. (laughs) So, in 1973, Claude had an encounter with one of these... They call them scientifically advanced human beings, <laughs> but they're extraterrestrial beings. They're aliens. Gotcha. <laughs> that changed the trajectory of his life. Listen to me carefully, said Yahweh, who is the alien, to Claude, who recalled his encounter in a book called Intelligent Design, which is, this is, we'll go into this more, but it's the doctrine kind of of yeah. the Romanism movement. And it is available at rail.org in the form of a free PDF or an audiobook on SoundCloud. So <laughs> I did listen to some of it. The it dedication just sounded like a very like out there alien novel. <laughs> which is hilarious because it's these people's like Bible. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to shame anybody for what they believe in, but but there's more weird stuff that you'll learn about. So <laughs> can't wait. So Yahweh also said, you will tell all human beings about this meeting and you'll tell them the truth about what they are and what we are. Oh, the message is direct- <laughs> dictated to Rael to explain how life on earth is not the result of random evolution, nor the work of a supernatural God. It's a deliberate creation using DNA <laughs> By a scientifically advanced people, a.k.a. aliens, who made human (laughs) beings literally in their image. What one can call scientific creationism. Interesting. (laughs) So basically (laughs) the theory is that these aliens took their DNA and made clones, which are humans. (laughs) 
it gets complicated. I'm going to try and explain it the best that I can, but <laughs> it's a little out there, so. <laughs> yeah. I think you can already tell why I chose to do this, because <laughs> it's so different than any other cult that I've ever heard of. <laughs> All right. In 1975, oh, oh yeah, I did say he's now known as Rael to his followers. Yeah. But Yahweh the alien gave him that name. So, and that's oh. where we got Raelism or Raelism. In 1975, Rael claims to now have been taken to the planet of Elohim or Elohim, hmm. where it was revealed to him that Yahweh <laughs> is his biological father. And that Jesus is his half-brother. Interesting. (laughs) And they all... So Jesus, Yahweh, and Buddha all had dinner together during this meeting, apparently. Like a (laughs) Last Supper deal. (laughs) Interesting, okay. He describes this in the book in great detail, so if you want to know more, just go to SoundCloud and you can listen. Maybe I'll listen as I fall asleep tonight. <laughs> there you go. It is the narrator does have a relatively soothing voice. I did kind of zone out for a while. <laughs> so go for it. <laughs> Years later, followers in Asia began to began to refer to him as the Maitreya, which in the Buddhist faith is the name of the promised one who will be the successor of Buddha. So kind of like a messiah type figure in Buddhism. Yeah. Which goes back to what you were telling us about cults. There's always yeah. one messiah type figure in a cult leader. But Oh yeah. So the symbol of realism is a little controversial. Oof. Because it's a swastika inside of a star of David. Ooh. But quote, it has nothing to do with the Jews or the Nazis. So the star points <laughs> upward and downward representing infinity and then the swastika represents time time with is which is cyclic and never ends it only changes but i mean so in in is it hinduism Hin, hinduism or no hinduism, hinduism sorry. Yeah. in hinduism they still use the swastika as a symbol of peace or in, or like infinity yeah but it clearly, was... there's some negative connotation because Nazis. <laughs> yeah, the Nazis ruined it for everybody, and it shouldn't be used anymore. I'm with you there. But... But <laughs> apparently, this is also the logo that Rael, obviously the founder of the movement, saw on the spacecraft in his first UFO encounter. Ah, gotcha. Yep. Oh, I forgot to mention that his first UFO encounter was a series of six encounters on the top of a, of a volcano in France. Why was he on top of a volcano? Don't know. Six times? That. Six times, yep. That's so many. So many. Aliens haven't come to see me at all. <laughs> I know, what the heck? Rude. <laughs> but also, like, don't come. But also, like, just let me know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> like spiders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It all go it's all the same. <laughs> so for obvious reason the symbol has caused some friction in society and probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be used. 
Understandably. One, an alternate symbol was created with a swirl in the middle. But then in 2007, Ryle changed it back to the original. What a boob. I know. So now we're going to talk about kind of what their deal is. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot here. Bear with me. A lot of stuff that's going to sound just like what I told you, which you're going to be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? But I swear this is all, <laughs> this is all a part of it. So, beliefs and practices. The Raelians believe in a core set of values being self-respect, self-love, if you know what I mean. Oh. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Sharing, (laughs) respect for others, accountability, absolute respect for life, which they've made clear is not to be confused with being pro-life. Femininity, femininity, basically saying that... (laughs) Quote, if the whole world became more feminine, there would be no more wars. Okay. So I believe that because toxic masculinity. Exactly. In the words of my favorite murder, again, toxic masculinity ruins the party. (laughs) Yet again. (laughs) Yeah. World peace and nonviolence. So as you can see, this cult is kind of, a lot of their values are similar to other cults that we've talked about but they're definitely more pacifist and just overall more I don't we use the word wholesome a lot but that's the word for it <laughs> I mean I respect it like absolutely seems pretty chill to me for the most part yeah they really don't, haven't caused many problems either which is nice <laughs> it's always good when a cult isn't bad <laughs> yeah Because it's so rare. (laughs) But their two main missions are to spread the message of the Elohim. Which, Mm -hmm. if you remember, was it's the planet with the aliens. and Basically the whole alien (laughs) society. (laughs) It's called the Elohim. (laughs) The aliens. (laughs) Their whole society is called the Elohim. Uh, And that's like, the Elohim is basically represents their god but it's not a god gotcha so a lot of like part of intelligent design the book a lot of it goes through like the bible piece by piece and says basically like no that wasn't jesus that wasn't god they were just confused it was the elohim (laughs) and like basically goes through the bible that way (laughs) interesting yeah So, and then their second main mission is to build the Elohim's embassy on Earth, according to the specifications described in the message. So, the end goal is that the Elohim society will come down to Earth, and they'll have some sort of refuge built for them. Interesting. With very specific specifications. (laughs) They, like, have to have a pool of a certain size, and they have to have, like conference rooms of certain sizes it's all very like this guy sounds like he's trying to build his dream house (laughs) (laughs) i need two walk-in closets yep two walk-in closets one for each alien exactly and don't forget the one for jesus he needs one for all of his sandals he is the half brother so gotta have room family (laughs) (laughs) 
Aurelians come from all walks of life. They have in common a strong desire to make this planet a paradise. In that paradise, science will be foremost and freely developed for the benefit of all, while violence will be treated as a disease and, at last, completely eradicated. So, as you can see, they're very pacifist. Realism involves a series of monthly meetings, initiations, and sensual meditation rituals. (laughs) I don't like that. um, I'll let you ruminate on that. I'm not going to go into that, but you can you can guess kind of what, what goes on there. <laughs> Where possible, Aurelians congregate with fellow practitioners on the third Sunday of every month. And it's another interesting specification that they have is that when they have these monthly meetings, they're not allowed to use, like, in their doctrine, it says they're not allowed to use a space that they own. Like, they're only oh. allowed to, like, rent conference rooms for these meetings. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from, but whatever. So the main ritual in realism is the transmission of the cellular plan, quote, in which a Raelian guide, so there's six levels, and the guide is the fifth level, and then Rael... Obviously, the messenger, messiah, whatever, stands alone on the sixth level. Gotcha. Yeah. So, like so Aurelian pope. guy. What? What was that? So like the Pope. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> they really pulled lots of things from everywhere in this. <laughs> I'm trying to make it make sense to me. We've got dinner with Buddha, Jesus, and <laughs> Yahweh. <laughs> I can't get over that part. <laughs> Yeah, but so Aurelian guide places their hands on another on another on another individual's head, and then through which the guide is believed to receive the individual's cellular code and telepathically transmit it to the Elohim. Interesting. So basically, <laughs> they have to transfer their DNA. To the magic space computer. I love that for them. Yep. And that's their, like, initiation. Interesting. (laughs) Only one-third of Raelians are women, but they do have a specific women's-only group called the Order of the Angels that preaches openly about sex-positive feminism. Hey, I'll join that. Yeah, sure. (laughs) You can do with that. I just don't know if I can deal with some of the other stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, thanks. (laughs) They also have this thing called the Happiness Academy. And the Happiness Academy is an annual sort of convention or retreat for six days. And the mission is described as, quote, through six days of pleasure and revolutionary learning, they re-energize and rediscover themselves in others. And they participate in amazing workshops and evenings, especially designed for optimal growth in being human. They blossom as they were meant to blossom. Interesting. Yeah. So I one of the articles I read <laughs> from Religion Unplugged was this guy that went to the Happiness Academy. He's not Aurelian, but he went to like learn about it. Yeah. <laughs> and he said there was a lot of um, nude dancing and meditation. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another thing. The Aurelian, Aurelians love to be naked. 
There was like a weird Canadian nudist cult that I found and I really wanted to cover it, but it was like so strange and I didn't n- know anything about the religion that it was based off of, so I just kind of vetoed it, but... <laughs> <laughs> so also from the Rail website, as part of the Happiness Academy, it says that you will, quote, you will learn what science discovers about people who are happy and about human consciousness. Oh. You will learn how to cultivate inner peace and health through simple meditation skills and technique. You will discover how to cultivate happiness and keep it forever. Forever? <laughs> All right. So another thing that the Raelians have started, which is quite controversial out of everything they do this is like probably the most controversial everything else is kind of harmless yeah i mean this is pretty harmless too but because i'll i'll just tell you (laughs) (laughs) so the raelians love cloning interesting so as we talked about before they think that they were cloned by the elohim in an image of themselves that's how the world was started yeah so they love cloning and they think it's the only way to continue the human race and so they founded this company (laughs) yeah right don't need to clone (laughs) people for that but (laughs) especially for a very sex positive cult i think they probably know how that works I guess they're also very condom positive. <laughs> yes, they are. They gave out um, condom- condoms in a Canadian Catholic school and like caused quite a ruckus. <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> so they started this company called Clonade. And Clonade is a Canadian-based <laughs> human cloning organization registered as a company in the Bahamas. Clonade? Yeah, clone aid. <laughs> like Kool Aid. <laughs> I was gonna say, or if I'm like Gatorade or Clone Aid, like you're gonna take a sip and just have a clone pop up. <laughs> Band Aid. Uh, founded in 1997, it has philosophical ties with the UFO religion realism, like we said, mm-hmm. which sees cloning as the first step in achieving immortality. Interesting. On December 27, 2002, Clonade's chief executive, Brigitte Bosselier, claimed that a baby clone named Eve was born. Oh. Media coverage of the claim sparked serious criticism and ethical debate that lasted more than a year. And Eve has never been seen. Oh. Allegedly for her protection. <laughs> mm-hmm. AKA she likely doesn't exist, but that's like their whole thing. So interesting. They could have got like identical twins or something. Oh well. But all clones start as babies, so they could have like cloned anybody. <laughs> yeah. Which so you can see why this stirred the pot. <laughs> Yeah. Human cloning is not something that the world takes lightly. <laughs> no, because it's awkward and weird. And I read a book in like middle school about this girl who was a clone of like her former self. And it was wild. Maybe it was Eve. 
Probably. <laughs> but it didn't sound good. Oh, no. Yeah. But. So, the Raelists also, or Raelians, also have lots of other causes that they um, support. So they have this thing called One Minute for Peace, which is, I don't know if it's if they actually started it or if it's something that they're a part of, but it's basically a one minute meditation group every day, which that's a wholesome nice. thing. They are huge advocates for the Go Topless movement. Oh, free the basically, nipple? Yep, pretty much. Basically advocating for the right of women to be able to go topless like men can. Oh, I like that. It reminds me of the um, Instagram movements where they kind of, like, take a man's nipple and put that on a woman's nipple. Yeah. <laughs> and now like... it's, like, a lot of people have found out about the Raelians because of the Go Topless, um, like, protests and stuff. Because they're a bunch of shirtless women <laughs> yeah. protesting. So that's, like, another way that they get their word out there. I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, the next one I'm not crazy about, which is the pro-swastika movement. Mm. Um, trying to bring back the old meaning of peace back to the swastika as a symbol of infinity. But I think, in my opinion, the damage is done there. I think they need to just let it go. Yeah, there's enough like trauma and like generational trauma behind exactly. that. We don't need to do it. So next, they support... Well, they started a fund called Clitorade. <laughs> Jesus. there's another aid for you <laughs> and that empowers female geni- genital mutilation victims by offering restorative surgery so that's a that's a nice thing that's something i love because um female like genital mutilation and um like religious female circumcision is really disturbing and not okay yeah it's so- basically like a like this movement is almost like a a counter cult thing in a cult. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and they also are part of Aramis International, which quote defends all minorities without discrimination. That's all. That's all they said about that. So I'm not really sure what goes on there, but <laughs> I mean, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If that's actually what it is. I highly recommend checking out their website because there's some amazing illustrations of UFOs and Yes, we have all... to post some of the pictures. It reminds me of like a early two thousands like beach resort website <laughs> <laughs> with UFOs. It makes me think like if I tried to do graphic design yes <laughs> like and they totally lean into the UFO, ufo thing like the fonts and everything oh, yes <laughs> but there's also like tropical flowers around <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> so also the raelian movement is a non-profit organization it's completely funded by its members who share the same common goals all members without exception volunteer their time which means that the funds are used solely for any actions that support the movement's missions, activities, and gatherings. Nice. So long story short, these people are a science-loving group of atheists that believe the world was created by extraterrestrial beings. 
They believe in free love, democracy, scientific progress, feminism, sex positivity, and a whole lot of other things that are lovely. But they also like to try and clone people, so it's a (laughs) toss-up. If they weren't trying to clone people or, like, say that swastika is good, then I'd be totally behind them. Yeah, I'm not trying to join a cult anytime soon, but if I was, this would probably be where I'd start. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't sound like they're going to make you, like, hurt anybody or never talk to your family again, so it sounds right, pretty good to me. They seem like a pretty uh, accepting community, which is yeah. lovely. So that's a, a nice story of a cult for you all. <laughs> little slightly wholesome cult for your Monday morning. And I know it was all over the place, but it is all over the place. Just check out their website. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, when you have a cult that advocates for freeing the nipple, but also cloning people and aliens, it's going to be everywhere. And also your founder had dinner with Yahweh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> and Buddha <laughs> as part of your origin story. That's like, if you could have dinner with any dead, uh, any person dead or alive, who would it be? <laughs> Buddha. <laughs> Jesus, Buddha, and Yahweh the alien. <laughs> I mean, whatever, I guess. But like, if I saw that in a movie, I'd be like, uh, that's pretty unrealistic. It's a stretch. And that's how they think the world started. <laughs> So they are science positive, but some stuff doesn't add up and they tend to overlook a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, I really enjoyed researching them. (laughs) I enjoyed hearing all about it because I really wanted to know more. And the few pictures that you sent me of their website were hilarious. (laughs) I hope it made sense. I hope it wasn't too crazy. it It made sense good i think that's all oh on a side note i have been working on our source document and that should be up by the time this episode comes out yeah i have a few things to add and then i like woke up from a nap i think like two days ago or something and i was like oh my god i never added the things and then i realized that we i have like plenty of stuff that i still need to add so i'll have it done this weekend at some point same all righty Alrighty. You ready? Yeah. Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. If you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. And also you can DM us on any of those social medias. It also works that way. We'll answer. I promise. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. Seriously, rate us. Yeah, (laughs) do it. Tell me what your favorite color is. It doesn't have to be a real review. Just write something. (laughs) Yeah. And as always. Favorite type of cheeses. Oh, yeah. Please tell us your favorite type of cheese in a review, and I will love you forever. (laughs) And five stars, please. We don't want any of your three, four stars. You can keep those for yourself. Yeah. Never a one or two, though. I'll cry. Oh, God, no. (laughs) We're not that bad. (laughs) Well, as always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye! Bye! See you next week!